Hello, I'm Tess Woodcraft and this is Pod Academy. and social change, globalisation and political upheaval, what's the role of the arts? I talked to Professor Rod Stoneman and to Adam Stoneman, who's Community Engagement Officer of Bruce Castle Museum in Tottenham, to explore what an arts policy could or should look like in 2017. The key vision that we argued for is about a different Um, group of people to be the practitioners that make art and a different, I suppose you could say, group of people to be the audiences for art, although actually our perspective begins to dissolve and shift the kind of division of labour implicit in that traditional term, artist makers and artist audiences, that um, arts should be able to infuse and uh, involve and transform people in a way that it's not just an occasional diversion one evening a week or or less, but actually is a collaborative basis for the development of art in Britain. Um, It becomes communal and active and begins to change the possibility of um, human relations and community relations. Um, The full range of British political parties um, have some uh, progressive orientations in relation to the arts and they all believe that museums and galleries should be free, which um, was not true um, uh, half an epoch ago. Arts in the UK are very London-centric though, aren't they? Presumably an arts policy should include a regional perspective. Regionalism uh, is particularly topical now in the wake of Brexit, I think. And... Uh, it's clearly something we really need to address. There was recently a good essay um, by Tom Hazeldine in the New Left Review that pointed to the main uh, driver of um, the Brexit vote, or the vote for leaving the EU, as being spatial inequality, regional disparity. It's clear that we, we need to tackle that. There's a startling statistic that per head, £69 uh, is spent um, in London on culture. And uh, outside of London, that is £4.50. So it's clear there's a huge problem here. And I think culturally, you know, it has an effect on, on whether people feel like they have a voice, whether people feel like they have a stake in society. Stuart Hall once said that culture is constitutive of crisis. 
There's quite a long history of so-called community arts there. The question of community arts um, coming from outside and uh, in some patronising way offering a controlled and contained space for, for making culture is really not adequate. It has to be something which is full and collaborative. And my memory um, goes back to the way that film workshops in the 80s uh, were entirely embedded in uh, communities around Britain and developed uh, the films that they were making um, through and with and in those communities. I even remember Amber Films in Newcastle buying a pub in which um, stories were told which actually went through to acting in the same version, uh, different versions of the stories in, in um, um, low-budget feature films. And I think we can envision a interactive basis for the development of art which um, actually entirely changes that we are professionals, we are educated professionals who perform it for you to enjoy. But what about artistic excellence? You know, something like the Royal Opera House. It takes a huge slab of the arts budget every year, but is an incredible thing for us to have. Well, I don't want to follow uh, Hermann Goering into um, every time I hear the word artistic excellence, I reach for my gun. However, I would be suspicious of the deployment of the word excellence. Um, and as far as the Royal Opera goes, all I can refer to is the absolute epiphany that I had on the opening night of La Scala in Milan in the 80s when I was a student and there was its audience in the square celebrating its opening night and its audience were old, young, working class, uh, mixed, um, soldiers in uniform and there was a real sense of what had been achieved, okay for historical cultural reasons in Italy, which is more difficult in England, but where opera was part of a communal culture. Though let me let me put to to you um, and, and to Adam. The other day, I went to Alexandra Palace, sitting on the slopes of Alexandra Palace, watching Turandot uh, from the Royal Opera House on a main, on a huge huge screen. But it was sponsored by BP. Do you think there's a role in your future for private sponsorship of that sort, Adam? I think it's contentious, and rightly so. Uh, the last few years have seen uh, an emergence of groups um, challenging major art institutions on their sponsorship from oil companies particularly, driven from an environmentalist perspective. I think there is a legitimate critique of that kind of sponsorship. Clearly for these large corporations it's a small price to pay for I think what's been termed greenwashing so the environmentally destructive behaviours uh, and actions of these companies uh, are uh, glossed over with a nice PR-friendly message. I think that is, that's a legitimate critique. Having said that, of course, uh, it's an extremely challenging uh, environment for our institutions now, and I don't blame them for going, you know, for, for considering all sorts of funding options. I would want to live in a, a society or, or, or have a situation in which it was, um, in which our organisations were properly publicly funded 
and did not need uh, these kind of corporate sponsorships. And it's also it, it, it's also a limitation that corporate sponsors, uh, you know, will not go near. Uh, contentious or uh, experimental work. I mean, putting on a series of string quartets is fine, and I'd be there. But trying to do something uh, that dealt with um, contemporary issues through music uh, or an exhibition which brought, um, you know, the uh, arguments of our contemporary society into a cultural space to work them through... That's much more difficult to find corporate... Well, in fact, it's impossible to find corporate sponsorship for. Do you think that the arts are in such a, a, a terrible shape? I, I, I take your point, Adam. The spend is, is, is massively uh, different in, in London and, and outside London. But you know, we're in the middle of the Edinburgh Festival at the moment. One of the biggest, most lively arts festivals in the world. People come from all over the world to participate. Edinburgh itself comes alive during the festival. Why do you think we really need a new approach to to arts policy? The problem with a festival is that it's great for a week or two, but it only shows what we don't do for the other 50 weeks a year. Britain's cultural scene is still lively, but there are uh, gaps around participation, representation within the arts industry. A recent report uh, called Acting Up um, came out uh, last month from Tom Watson, deputy leader of the Labour Party, and it uh, outlined the, what they called the class-shaped hole in, in the arts. Um, and they recommended that class data was recorded in arts organisations. Currently, it's uh, in the equality forms, other uh, kinds of um, identifiers, but not economic background. I think that that would be a simple proposal that that could that could uh, do a lot. It would outline, I think, how inaccessible uh, careers in the arts are currently for working class people. And actually, I think we're not, not only are we not going forward fast enough, make enough progress in terms of making the arts accessible for all, but in fact, in some areas, we're we're going backwards, and that's just clearly not acceptable. In in terms of, uh, you know, access, which is notionally open to everyone of every uh, part of the community. You know, I worked in the Arnold Feeney Gallery in Bristol in, in, in the 80s, and it was as though there was a sort of invisible fence outside that gallery, although anyone could come into the bar and the gallery beyond the bar. Actually, most people unconsciously and implicitly felt, this is not for us. And unless we had really argumentative exhibitions, like I remember Women's Images of Men, which was sort of paintings and photos and sculpture, we've got the whole city arguing and couples um, fighting their way through the foyer. By and large, they gave it a wide berth. And we were earning brownie points from the Arts Council, um, but an empty gallery. It did strike me when uh, Jeremy Corbyn came out with a, a line, I, I think, launching his arts policy that said that everyone should paint a picture, everyone should write a poem, that we, you know, everyone is an artist, I suppose. And the response to that w- was a, a kind of snarky put-down. 
you know, rather than, yes, this is a good ideal. And I think it's, it, it's really indicative of actually how far we have to go. It's such an innocuous phrase that everyone should have a creative uh, capacity. Everyone has a creative capacity that that is seen as um, wildly idealistic and impossible. The commercial focus of the culture industry um, actually stops the possibility of uh, art and culture playing its role, its potential role in, in envisioning and constructing a, a different kind of society, the new human relations which are uh, needed. I mean, arts at the moment are mostly part of a consumer culture and structure us into that role, even if it's great opera or uh, rough street theatre. And it's how do we push the boundaries to begin, not to ban opera, or street theatre, but to transform its role in what we think and do.